Peace party people, welcome to Where My Killer Tape at episode 107 And we're bringing back Brenda from Teacher Talk Tuesdays once again um, Please take your notebooks out, take notes because we're about to go to class Share this with your family um, She's going to be talking about um, her experiences as an educator during the pandemic So definitely um, take notes, you know, and if you have questions feel free to hit us up And we'll try to get back to you on that Word, check it out Tape at B. Um, Peace party people, welcome back to Killer Tape at. Um, and of course, we're bringing back um, the wonderful Brenda Tuesday. And uh, we're going to bring her back again. again. She, she's dope. So um, it's only right. Um, and this this episode goes out to like all the uh, educators and also the parents during COVID and the pandemic and how we're dealing with that at home, the online distance learning. So please, please take notes. Um, and I definitely we're gonna bring her back again in case you have any. So, uh, Brenda, how you doing? Everything's going all right. How are you? I'm oh, I'm Gucci, as the young people used to say. They don't say that no more. So, so I'm, I'm good nowadays. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, first we're gonna go ahead. And, we're gonna jump um right into the whole the whole. How did you end the 2019-2020 school? last couple of weeks before the summer came out. So we were fully remote at the end of last school year. So everything was online at that time. Okay. Okay. And, 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 I, and I'm glad the reason why I bought that is because the same thing happened to like, to like my children, you know, and I have, um, I have, a, I have a daughter currently that I have one that's in middle school, who's at school and one who's year high school. And the same thing happened. Uh, we're in the Midwest, by the way. Uh, yeah. They went fully remote, like literally overnight. They went fully remote, um, and I wanted to ask that because I, I learned I even do that. They just go ahead and end year, um, and then I want to add on because I know, like for example, in our state in Ohio, the governor waived like all the standardized testing. Did they do that in your state? Yes, they did. So in North, I'm in North Carolina. Okay, and. Um, we went immediately, at least with my district, and that was one of the things that was kind of concerning for me is how different each district within the state operated. So our schools closed on a Friday, I think it was like March 9th, and they announced that afternoon that we were going to close for COVID on the 13th of March. We were closed for the 14 days because they were hoping everyone could come back. And during that 14 days, it was really more like teacher work days for us to prepare to just go virtual. Okay. And that's exactly what I did. And then we went virtual um, for the remainder of the school year. So we still were able to give kids like pass fail grades at the end of the, the term. 
and gave them like some modified like feedback forms is what we called them. Oh wow! Um, but other districts, like they were out the whole time. <laughs> they they just uh, did not really do anything during that time. And if they did, they took about a month to get started. While my district was like right on top of it, like they were already anticipating it. Um, and I know some other states, they just like you said, ended the school year. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, standardized testing was waived because, you know, there was no active instruction. All of our instruction was um, told to be review of material. So we didn't teach any new standards. So therefore, yeah, so therefore we couldn't test kids at the end of the year because there was going to be a whole nine weeks of information that they did not receive. And and I know that like some states were like um, whatever their third quarter grades were, we're sticking with that. And they, yep. and they closed. So I know that that happened in a lot of places, um, you know, and, 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 and again, it brings up a lot of questions that I kind of like want to throw out at the end of our discussion. Um, mm-hmm. I want to bring it up now because I know a lot of audience members are like, oh, wait a second. But I didn't want to do that. So my next question, <laughs> which was part of that original one, is what were the lessons learned from that from what happened in your district? What were the lessons that you guys learned? So one thing that I learned and that I um, grow grew to appreciate about my district because I I have my qualms, Mm -hmm. but one thing that I really did appreciate is how proactive my district is. Okay. When these situations are arising, they're trying to figure out like they, they were on it. They were sending kids home with textbooks and workbooks that Friday in anticipation of the school's closing. Mm -hmm. So that way they could go ahead and assign students activities to do because they had textbooks and workbooks at home. So even though kids were at home during that 14 day, that initial 14 day period, we could say, Hey, work on page 32 because you have your book at home. There's no excuses. Got you. Um, they were very proactive to make sure that students had devices. Um, they, over the summer, they um, went ahead and ordered extra hotspots because I live in a more, I work in a more rural area. Got you. So internet connectivity is not that great. So they ordered extra hotspots. They ordered extra devices for kids to use. They, um, we did not train people as much. So that's another lesson that we learned is that, so I was very proactive in my classroom. Gotcha. I'll say that as well. So we had, we were only held to the standard of checking in with students, but I took it upon myself to do an hour of instruction every day with my students during that closure time. Everyone else just sent home work packets and kind of called parents to see if they were doing doing it or had any questions. I did live virtual lessons daily during that whole time. So now that we're doing that and that's the standard, I already kind of am prepped. Gotcha. While other people are having more of a struggle with getting adapted to it, I have been doing it for months. So that was a plus side for me for going ahead and being proactive. Um, and what we, I think the biggest lesson is that people overestimate our student and our family ability to use this technology. Mm. Mm. So because people on Facebook every day and our kids are using TikTok and they got the latest cell phone or they might have an iPad at home does not mean they really know how to navigate a computer or computer programs something as simple as email, they're expecting our, you know, first and second graders to send <laughs> to correspond via email. What? You, <laughs> they don't use email you're right. on a regular. You're right. 
You're right. <laughs> so so here's so here's my question to you though. Is it a matter of access or just the, the technology that we use they're not messing with? I think it's a mixture. Okay. So some of my families did not did, do not have access exactly. to the level of technology that they're using. So that's why our district again was proactive to make sure that they provided those things for our students. But because they didn't have access, they don't have any you know, regular understanding of how to navigate those tools. Exactly. And then additionally, they they might be on Facebook and they might be on TikTok, but they're not on these educational platforms that we're using. So they might not know how to navigate something such as Google Classrooms. <laughs> like they're like, what is what is this? How do I post to the discussion board? They're not posting to discussion boards. They're posting to somebody's Facebook wall, you know, they're sending DMs. They, not know, they don't know how to send an email. So some of these facets are more professional and, and educational usage of technology. They're not as accustomed to, and we're making the over assumption that our kids and their families yes. can do it. Just because we're in the professional setting and we have to send emails every day, all day, constantly. Um, sorry, that I got a little twang in my, <laughs> my throat when I said um, <laughs> emails on a constant basis. Does not mean that our parents are doing that. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Not, not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Be, I, I felt. I felt that in Bashando when I was expressed. So, um, but just because we're adults and we do that in our realm of profession doesn't mean that our parents do that. Some of our parents are working in different types of industries yes. that don't require that level of usage. So to make the assumption, oh, their parents can help, maybe they can't. Maybe they, they're in. In my again, in my area, we have a very high population of. English as second language mm. students and mm. families. So that's another barrier mm. that, you know, we don't have enough translators to help them understand everything that we're providing on these electronic platforms is all in English. So it's not being translated for the students and their families to help support them. So it's a lot of different barriers that that there are as far as being able to access and navigate these tools. And, and I'm glad and I'm glad you talked about that because like uh, again, we even the only the demographic students that we did that I deal with and you deal with is the age, but they all they're all black and brown people that are usually they're you know they're first responders. They work they work custom service. They work in these fields that are consistently needed to continue to you know operate our economy. So they don't have that luxury that access to be stay at home, you know. You know, right. if you have, if you make enough money to have a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad, then yeah, you know, the parents stay home and help the kids out. But a lot of our parents are working. You know, um, their their jobs didn't lay them off or put them on furlough. They had to actually work, um, so they weren't able to be there for this. So even if they could work that technology, they couldn't be there for that. So, so I'm glad you put, you brought that out. Uh, now, during the summer, what kind of training did you go undergo during the summer? for this and your colleagues of course um okay <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of my issues that i that i took i think i feel in my district personally mm -hmm. that we tried to do too much and too little at the same time okay um what i mean by that is 
I guess there was some federal funding that was released to have summer programming. I did not feel like that was necessary mm. to have summer programming because we didn't know what the new school year was going to look like in order to prepare kids for something. So most of the time, summer program is to fill a gap to help prepare the students for next year. But we didn't we had no idea what it was going to exactly. look like. Exactly. So instead of focusing your energy on running a summer program, I feel like they should have been focusing their energy on creating some some norms and some standards and some strategies and you know some plans to put in place but instead they decided to run a summer program oh, wow. and and I was like okay so you're running in the summer program was virtual and I said okay well maybe that'll give us a glimpse into what this school year was going to look like cuz we all assumed that it was going to be virtual to start off at least and um again I was wrong in my hope for that. Um, they just kind of did their own thing and we were very ill-prepared. Uh, my district decided to start school early mm -hmm. to supposedly make for a loss of student days and hours from last year, even though they counted all of our student hours, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but when, because they ended the summer program when they normally would end it and they started our school year early, we only had about a week in between. Wow. Wow. So we did not have enough time to properly train. Uh, I took it upon myself to attend some trainings, but there was nothing specifically for my district that people had to attend in order to prepare because no one had a clue of what they were doing. And, 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 what to and I got to interject. When you did that, when you did your own research, was that like you weren't paid for that? Got you. Got you. And, no, I, and I want to make that no, clear to the audience. And it's not that we're trying to, we're not making money, enough money to buy Benzes over here. This is that a lot of teachers do a lot of yeah. work off the books where they don't get paid. They do a lot of training that where they don't get paid. So I just want to make that clear. So, so wow. Now I understand what you're saying. And I know that I wanted to make this point earlier. I was watching this show on Hulu, um, Love in the Time of Corona, and which came out, hmm. it, it was released in April. Um, April and May. So um, during the show, it, it reminded me that a lot of us thought we were going to come back two, in two to three weeks from March. So right. a lot of things were, some people were planning or not planning was because we thought we were going to come back. Everything was going to go back to normal a month later. And that didn't happen. So, again, I'm not trying to, trying to like uh, justify what a lot of governors did um, because a lot of governors did some really whack stuff. Some governors did some dope stuff. Um, people that would just, you know, and then again, this is another situation. We've never been in a situation other than the 1918s flu. Um, we've so, but I just wanted to point that out. Um, and I'm glad you, you, you explained your answer. Um, were you nervous yeah. this school year? Why or why not? Um, I was absolutely nervous about the school year, but not in the way I think most okay. educators okay. were. And the reason I say that is because most educators that I have been in conversation with have, were nervous about teaching virtually. Gotcha. And again, like I said, I did it all for a whole nine weeks, you know, about three months. Um, 
last school year. So I was not nervous about that aspect. I actually very much enjoyed it. My students enjoyed it. Um, I was very blessed and fortunate to have a very high okay. participation rate. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, like, which was completely yes. different from most yes. teachers' experience. And, and, and if I can ask you, Brenda, <laughs> what was what was it? Because I know for I know we learned yeah. where we we're at the district where we're at. We learned around August that a third of our students for various reasons. What was your what was your participation in your classroom? Um, virtually, it was about wow. ninety to one hundred percent daily. Wow! Yeah, I was very fortunate. I have now my classroom okay. is slightly different. Well, not no, not slightly different. It is different. Period. Um, I'm yes. a special education teacher. I teach a separate setting classroom, so I only have um, no more than ten students in my class. So that already makes it, you know, mm -hmm. a smaller sample size. They. Um, and most of my parents um, actually are home with their kids because my kids gotcha. have more severe needs um, or they work nights so that they can be home with kids during the day and attend their meetings and things like that. So my parents and, and, and I have super okay. supportive parents. I mean, my parents are amazing. They are really active and involved. So I know other teachers who have classrooms such as mine were also reporting that they weren't getting, you know, correspondence from parents. They weren't getting participation from students. And I just, I did not have that same testimony. I'm just very, very fortunate that my parents wanted to partner with me to make sure that their students were still learning somehow. And it's been the okay. same thing this school year as well. While, wow. Yeah. So even though we're still partially virtual, um, parents are still making sure kids are staying active. They've been doing the work that I've been assigning and they've been showing up for my live lesson or viewing the recorded lesson later. So my, my family. So you're, so you're currently you're a hundred percent virtual. Cause I know, I know, no. I know my, my <laughs> right now my babies are virtual, like virtual, hundred percent virtual. So you guys are hybrid. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the way that my district set it up, um, because the governor of North Carolina announced on last Friday that our transitioning into phase three, which means that things were going to open up back to regular operations. Uh, our school board met on Monday and they said, well, we're going to go to the phase two oh, of wow. the reopening plan. Phase one actually happened back on September the 21st, which was which gotcha. included my class. So my students have been in, back in the classroom since September 21st. The next phase of students comes back onto campuses um, on October the 19th. So we'll be having more kids come in. And then a third wave of students will come in on November the 2nd. So um, that'll be all elementary students will be back on campus by November the 2nd. They're going to break it up um, half um, K to three and then four and five will come back gotcha. by November the 2nd. Yeah. So we And it's, uh, it is a, that's. Hello? 
I enjoy being back with my kids. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out how to formulate this uh, reflection. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoy being back with my kids, and my kids are really excited to be back in the okay. classroom. And that, that was very shocking to me. I was anticipating for kids to be like, oh, I don't want to be here because sometimes they don't want to be in virtual class and their parents will make sure they're there. But they actually really like being in the classroom. And I know that is partly because, again, my mm -hmm. students have learning differences. So they differentiate and compartmentalize their experiences. They're like, home is supposed to be home where I chill and do my thing and then Got school you. be school. <laughs> like, that's how my... My babies, you know, because I work with students on the autism spectrum. So they're very, very concrete. They're, you know, very routine based. They're like, this is not my routine when I'm at home. At home, I get to be doing what I want to do. At school, I do you. Gotcha. At school. Gotcha. So they've actually been very excited to be back in the classroom. Um, and it's actually been very exciting to be back with them. So at first, I was that's what I was nervous about. Asked me what I was nervous about. I was not nervous about virtual teaching like that. I had kind of got the hang of it. Like I said, my parents were very involved. My students were doing the work. So I was feeling okay with that. I was nervous about bringing my kids back on campus, um, knowing that my students are, are not going to adhere to the health regulations as uh -huh. far as the six feet of distance, as far as the and. I'm like, okay, so how am I, my kids have compromised immune systems. They're more likely to get sick. They're more likely to be sneezing all over everything, getting everybody else sick. Like how mm -hmm. are we going to keep everybody safe? So that's my, that's what I was nervous about because I knew they had been talking about sending my students back to school Got you. since wow. August. So they had the plans in motion since school started of, they were plotting on what day wow. they were going to start sending wow. kids back. Yeah, they were talking about the the first initial date was Labor Day. They wanted the so pretty the much like Labor how it usually would be after Labor Day. In most states, kids come right back to school. So, and our kids start before yeah. Labor Day, so they were going to give it the fourteen days before Labor Day, and then they were hoping that that after that first fourteen days, they were going to. Oh, send I know them right we start before Labor. Day. New York, we start after. Labor Day, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut start after Labor Day, but I know we for that. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah. So I was used to starting mm -hmm. after Labor Day growing up as well, but starting before was something different, but yeah, that's what they were looking at, is sending students back, and they had to push it back because we hadn't switched phases here in our state, so they pushed it back, but not far. It was September 21st when the wow. first group of kids wow. came So you, you guys, so, yeah. I asked you earlier, you guys have been doing hybrid since you guys started the new school year. Okay. Well, we started virtual and then, yeah, so we started uh, August. Our, our kids came back August 17th. Um, we started the first group of hybrid, which my students were included in, was September 19th. And now the next group, I mean, September 21st, and the next group is October 19th. Yeah. So are they... So, so do you, do you right foresee if everything goes well, they return to the phase a week before the end of 2020? They are saying all of elementary school, but the the inner the middle and high gotcha. won't return until after after break. Yeah, 
And they're still doing some precautions as far as having reduced class sizes by doing um, what they call tracks. So kind of like year-round schools, they have kids who are tracked in and tracked out during a certain set of weeks. Um, we're going to do a week on and week okay. off with okay. our district. And um, so and kids will come to school for uh, an abbreviated day so they can do cleaning procedures and health screenings and things of that nature. And then they'll only come to school Monday through Thursday so that we can do a deep cleaning day on Friday to prepare for the next group of kids who come in. So it'll be track gotcha. A and track D. And they'll have the I'm completely unfamiliar with that. So, wow. Mm -hmm. So, which, which, again, it's a Herculean effort because you got to get people to come in and clean and you got to make sure everything is on point. Like, like, wow. Like, that's a lot. That is, that is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. It is. So, what has worked well? So, what has worked well, and I can only speak for my classroom um, personally, because again, I hear about struggles in other classrooms. What has worked well for me is um, one, I have a, ah. an amazing teacher assistant. She is super, super, she's super, super helpful and she's willing to, you know, help out however is needed and she's been willing to adapt. So even though she's older and technology is not, you know, her strongest suit, like if I sit with her and I work with her, she's like, okay, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm, I'm gonna figure this out. And um, so now she's been assisting me with doing one-on-one okay. -on -one sessions with my students, which really helps us get their specific skills, which I can do more of virtually than I could have in the classroom where I'm kind of really addressing more hands-on um, behavioral needs in that moment. So that way I, they're with their parent and I can just sit there and really focus on the academic side of things. Um, another thing is some of the platforms that we're using this year. One that I absolutely adore is called Seesaw. Um, I know a lot of people are using that now this year, but it's actually really a really, really cool learning platform. And it's really great for my students. So you can upload assignments there. You can add um, audio instructions for kids who may not be stronger readers. Um, you can add things that are visual where they can upload pictures and they can draw on their assignments right okay. in the application. So I really, really love Seesaw and it's really been working great for my families who need all those different types of learning styles. Um, it, it provides different ways for them to interact with the academic material. So that's another thing that's worked well. I also like the okay. abbreviated day for my students who are on campus because to be honest, again, I work with young kids who are actually developmentally younger than their chronological age. They're they're yeah. spent after about four yeah, hours. Done. So being yeah. at school for seven yeah. hours yep. was a long day. And I'm hoping that the district and the state and the country observes exactly that, like, exactly yeah, yes yes, yes 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 <laughs> that everybody starts to say. And you know, it's not that. People haven't been saying that for years. You know, now we're actually seeing yeah. that, the fatigue and all of that. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but that's absolutely true. Like, hopefully they are learning. Um, like you mm -hmm. said, standardized tests were canceled last year. But 
did it really did exactly. we lose anything exactly. is what I want to know. You know, <laughs> like what is the purpose of those standardized tests? Are they really needed to assess student growth? Are they really needed to help students understand the knowledge that you're trying exactly. to share with them? Yes, I don't think exactly. they are. Hopefully. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I tell I tell my students all the time, you, you oh. want to be a millionaire? Create a standardized test and send it to a school district. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully they're learning from this experience that you we, we can't measure a child's um, success or a level of understanding through these standardized tests. They're not really needed. They're cumbersome. They're in the way. They're not even exactly. culturally normed. It's a whole lot of rigmarole that we don't need those tests. I hope they understand that we don't need a seven hour tack to the guilds workday. Cause like right now, most classrooms are really just yep. focusing on reading yep. and math. Corporate science and social studies standards within those two concepts, because reading and math are Facts. the basis of everything. So they're spending their time on math and half their time on reading. And that's, it and then they're focusing on the main skills instead of all these subset skills that may not really be a needed thing overwhelming students before they can actually gain one skill they're already moving on to the next so hopefully they're learning from this to really tailor it to best support students and not just continue to breed workers because we want to breed people who can think on their own and have critical thinking skills and, and have, you know, intellectual conversation and ability to interact. Like another thing my district is focusing on, we actually have incorporate social emotional learning lessons okay. Oh, okay. in our right. curriculum. Which I want to touch on, like I said, I was going to talk about earlier. I want to touch on later about that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that a new, why is that a new normal? That should have been a thing exactly. the whole entire time, helping kids understand emotions, helping them verbalize those things, helping them understand how to interact with other people in respectful manners, empathy. These are things that we should have been highlighting forever. Um, and I, my course. background is in behavioral counseling. So those are taught students before. And so I'm like, okay, now that we're in the pandemic and you're recognizing that, oh, this could be traumatic for kids. Guess what? There were a lot of other traumatic situations that our kids were dealing with before, yep. before you yep. were disciplined yep. them yep. and getting lessons so that they could regulate these things and handle these things that they were going through. So hopefully they'll continue to learn and they'll continue to modify how we're helping educate our students instead of going back. Exactly. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. So, of course, I got to get into what hasn't worked well. And you can name names. You know, it's all love here. You can name names. (laughs) 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 Um, One thing that I think hasn't worked well Mm. is threatening. Um, There's been a lot of empty and unfortunate (laughs) threats of saying that we're going to cut funding, we're going to, you're going to lose your job if you don't come back to school. If you don't, that's not, that's, never, that's, that's, that's not never okay. okay. Yeah. People yeah. are, so it's, mm-hmm. you're bullying people into risking their lives. If they don't feel comfortable to come back to work, then if a football player can sign a contract and still get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and sit out the season so he can feel safe and be with his family. Yep. 
how can someone in a different profession who's already getting a fraction of that very small fraction a very, very small, small fraction, fraction of that yep. that they want to be home with their families and feel safe and you bully them and you tell them that they don't want to work and and they're lazy and how dare they and you and you just belittle them and demean them like how i just don't understand so that is something that has not worked well another thing that is is not working well Mm. these safety Mm. procedures these so one every different in every area so it's no normalcy to it it's standard um secondly how they are disseminating the funds to ensure that these standards are implemented. For example, in my district, they found some money somewhere. Yeah, found. uh, Quotations, right? Found, right? (laughs) Quotations. Because they always, they always, they don't have money, but they somehow find money. Like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was gifted to them, I guess. Um, to put to install walk through okay thermometer scanners that look like you know the scan that yeah. you go through at the airport. So you walk oh, through wow. it and it scans your temperature. Wow. Right. Very expensive. It's very expensive yeah. piece of equipment. <laughs> you found money for that, but they cut teacher positions when we need to have Man. smaller class sizes so now our class but that device right there could have gone <laughs> towards a teacher salary is all I was saying. okay and that's and that's so, something that a lot of people predicted <laughs> a lot of people were saying that you're gonna need more teachers because you're gonna need small you're gonna need smaller class right. sizes like that's like a lot of people predicted that you know, a lot of people warn different governments about that. Um, and, you know, again, other countries, the countries that were smart, they've always had a situation where there were smaller class sizes. So they were ready for that. But, of course, the United States, you have 50 states and then you have 100 different districts in each state. Um, they're going to do what they want to do. So it's, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's like, what are we doing? I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but no, no, that's real. Oh, that's yeah. 100% real. And you know, in a lot of other places, they mm-hmm. actually value their educational system, which we cannot boast the same. Um, so that was one thing. It's, or even so, even if they didn't want to put it towards a teacher position, all of our classrooms don't have oh, Lysol God. wipes or Lysol spray. Um, <laughs> like, and then they provided us with some high industrial. Uh, disinfected, but then our kids are supposed to eat in the classroom, and you can't eat off of exactly. Yeah, with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'm just like, so now I have to spray it, and then I have to wash it like two or three more times to get the residue off, just so my kids can eat. And then I lay something down on top so that my Mm. kids can eat in the classroom. Um, So now you're talking about 
eating in the classroom. Okay, so what's that going to look like? <laughs> and how, you know, how effective is that going to be? How are, like, I know after each bathroom use, I'm supposed to spray it down with the stuff. So you're going to invite all the rest of the kids back. They're going to go to the main bathroom in the hallway. Who's going to clean up after every single Man. child uses the bathroom? Man. Like little things that are just with these cleaning procedures. Um, I asked our custodian, I said, so on the deep cleaning day, what, what does it look like? He said, basically like every other cleaning day. I said, well, yeah, it's not well, deep. Yeah, it's not. That's not deep at all. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't, I said, I don't, I don't quite understand. He was like, well, that's what they told us to do. I said, well, okay. I said, now I've seen deep cleaning happen. It's usually some type of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. He was like, yeah. I'm assuming it, yeah. (laughs) Right. And he said, I come through and I I bleach the bathroom. I vacuum your floor and I dust your window seals. I said, oh, okay. So again, I don't, that's just, it's not working well if you're hoping to prevent it to really, uh, if you're hoping it really prevents something from happening, that's not, if you're not providing them with the resources to be able to do what you're asking them to do. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you and, and, and it's, it, which is, unfortunately, it's, it's something that has been happening in education for decades, right? We want the teachers to do X, Y, Z. Okay, well, we need if you want us to do this, we need these resources. And they're like, oh, we can't get those resources right now. Um, so do what you can. And just by the way, if you can't do it, you know, you're going to be in trouble. You know, this reflects on your evaluation. Like, exactly. it's just like, wow. So, and, and, you know, with the pandemic, it just like really, you really see that, so you really see the problems. And, um, and I'm, in some, in some instances, I'm, I'm happy because a lot of the parents get to see what we're going through. And and they get to like, oh, this is what this is what goes down. Like, yeah, this is what we've been saying for a while. But then at the same time, it's, since it's never been fixed before, it doesn't seem like it's gonna get fixed now, you know? So go ahead. And it seems like yes. we had a glimmer of hope when when schools first shut down because we everyone was rallying for teachers. And then summer came and they were talking about more virtual learning. Yep. And people were yep. like, uh-uh. <laughs> open up the door to the church let them yep. in like no you're right you, there was a glimmer of hope right <laughs> you know it was like oh, okay y'all, y'all down for the cause now and then it was like a couple weeks later like nah y'all, we gotta open up the schools today today and I'm like wait a second it's the summer like no <laughs> <laughs> so yep they that real quick and, and and then it went to the condemning like no why don't you vote and support and all these local elections that happen between yep. quarantine and now that was to help support teachers if you really wanted the, t- the schools to be back open and for them to have what they needed to be able to do this successfully and appropriately that was the exactly. time to show your support instead of the streets and crying about it and acting ugly and calling teachers names and you know, it was, it, it it, is, it's crazy. And, and, and it's, and again, I hate to be this way. It's like something that you're kind of used to, you know, but again, we have that glimmer yeah. of hope and we thought that things would be different. And, and again, if it wasn't fixed mm-hmm. before, like, man, I, I can go on and on about that. But so, so teacher talk <laughs> <Yeah>. Tuesdays, um, 
Um, for, for just FYI, um, yesterday's teacher talk was just, oh my God, it just really spoke to me. It really like, because everybody calls me about, everybody call, and it's funny because after I watched that, somebody called me about IT stuff. Like, after I watched that, somebody, and I was like, it's got to be a practical joke. Like, they must have watched the same IG, IG, you know, that I saw. And they was like, let me mess with, let me mess with Dan Trez and see, you know, and I was like, this, I felt like I was in a, a Black Mirror episode, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then they, they was like, this is what I need you to help me do. I was like, dude, you got it. This has got to be a practical joke. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so, yeah, I was just like, man, I was like, this can't be right. Anyway, um, do you have any advice for parents? My biggest advice for parents is okay. to show yourself grace. <laughs> show yourself grace. Show the teachers grace. Show your student grace. We're all, this is, like you said, this is unprecedented. This is something, this is, and, and I hate using the word new normal, but it is, yeah. essentially it is because um, what one thing that we are, are learning that, you know, even if, even when, I'm going to say when, uh, these the quarantine is able to to be lifted and we're able to go back to a to a sense of normalcy outside as far as interacting with other people. Um, there'll there'll be no more snow days. No, you're gonna get logged on yes. online. Yes. <laughs> no more snow days. You're right. There's no more snow days. There's no more inclement weather days. No, there's gonna be virtual days. Okay, they're they're anticipating this snow coming down. Okay, well, you take that yep, laptop yep. home. No, and <laughs> get online for your lesson tomorrow. Like, it's it's gonna be no more. It's no gonna be no more inclement weather days. So, kiss those times goodbye. So, this is a sense of new normal because you will see this. Um, my district was talking about, hey, we're just gonna have some virtual days, gotcha. even gotcha. if we go back to normal. If we go back to everyone on campus, we're gonna have some virtual days embedded in the calendar, so kids still gonna take those laptops home. So we just gonna get get this in the rotation. So, um, be grace, show some grace, so be patient. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and I remember my, my, my sons, my younger sons, they used to go to the STEM school and they had, they called the e-learning days and they had them once a month. So like, they were like, in case these things, so, so like they didn't have snow days and I live in Ohio. So we, you know, Ohio always snows. So like they never had snow days. So again, I, I never imagined, this was like five years ago. I never imagined that that was something that was going to, we're going to see happen across the country. So right. I feel you on that. Um, so now what are your advice for students? To try your best. Okay. This is this is longer summer break. <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of kids like been the bare minimum, bare minimum, not really applying themselves. And at the end of the day, this is your chance to seize your opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is this time is really grooming those kids who are going to strive for their success in their lives and those kids who are going to float by the wayside and look for somebody to take care of them. Like, gotcha. to be honest, this is going to be a time where you really have to be a self-starter, where you're going to have to learn to be self-sufficient a little bit. And 
yes, it's a harsh reality to kind of cope with and have to adjust to. But at the end of the day, this is really a grooming period to say, are you going to want the best for yourself? Are you going to want more for yourself? Because it's not always going to be someone there to coddle you. Situations are going to change. How are you going to adapt? Mm-hmm. So that's this is a really important time, a really pivotal time. And a lot of our babies are just, and I get it, they don't really see past the current moment. And our kids are very, very present. So what is serving me right now? Gotcha, yeah. They don't see how yeah. it's in the future so they're losing a lot of time and it's really really unfortunate and i get it, it's comfortable like oh i'm chilling at the crib all right i'm gonna listen to this lady talk or this guy talk for a little bit and then i'm gonna come over here and i'm gonna get back on on the game yep. right yep. fast so i'm gonna come back over here get on my tiktok and or get on, get on my you know facetime with my homies like and it's chilling for the rest of the time and there, that's the regression that I'm seeing, not even academically, but just. Uh, and and and, and, I, and that's what I wanted to bring up earlier because what what happened was, um, I don't know if you knew they uh, across the country they re-released Akira, which is like this classic anime movie. Um, and my middle son was like, "Hey, Dad, I want to go. I want to go see this." Which I was like, "Okay, I'm down to go to the theater because I actually." When I first saw that movie, it came out in like 88. When I first saw it, I saw it on VHS. I didn't, it wasn't released in the theaters. So I was like, oh, that'd be great. So I, I took him, his girlfriend, and his best friend, and we went. And there was a delay in, um, in the, they had like technical issues. Um, and I, I, usually I get kind of mm-hmm. mad at that kind of stuff. I'm kind of like, hey, why y'all got technical issues? Like, what's going on? But I sat back and listened, and they were like interacting. <laughs> and I could tell that it was like they were catching up. Like, yeah, they do. They do talk to each other on FaceTime, and you know, um, they do play that one new game that's out now where they're on a spaceship and they gotta figure out is it like a Who Done It? So they they do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I forgot the name of it. They just sent me to it like a week ago, but um, I realized that they were that our students are missing. They're gonna be missing that 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 social interaction. Um, like you were saying earlier, yeah. how to how to talk to people, um, all those kind of things that they're missing out. And I didn't think about that. Like, I really didn't, you know, I'm an adult, so I already done that. So it's kind of like something that I didn't have to think about. And that really, like, I was like, wow, they're going to really, like, miss out on on those kind of things. You know, not even talking about sports or anything like that, like, you know, or rallies or anything like that. But just they're going to be missing out on that. And that's the part that worries me, you know. That's the part that really worries yeah. me. Especially, like, if you're, like, a senior, you know, you don't get to go to your prom, you know, um, you know, there's things that we, we took for granted because we didn't have to worry about a pandemic, you know. So, all right. So um, now here I am. Let's say I am uh, about to graduate college. I'm going to be an educator come the 2021, 2022 school year. What advice do you, would you have for me? <laughs> Run. Okay. No, I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you going to be a what? What are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just teasing. I I support anybody who mm-hmm. really has um the heart to go into education. Gotcha. But the main thing is make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Don't do, don't do it because you think it's gonna be easy or 
somebody in your family was an educator, you really have to love what you do. You really have yeah. to, yeah. don't ever forget your why. Don't ever forget your why. And if your why is anything gotcha. other than gotcha. the kids, and, 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 and you know what? And you know what, Brenda? I'm, I don't mean to, Please I don't don't. Mean to say anything. That I'm saying like, I'm not, okay. If I'm, because that's what you tell the average person. If there was no pandemic, that's what, that's what I would tell. If I was at a dinner party and someone told me, oh, you know, I'm in my third year of college and I want to be an educator. That's what I would tell them at the dinner party, straight up. Like, we didn't have a pandemic. But we got the pandemic now. What would you tell them? You feel me? Still the same? Okay. It's still the same. It's, okay. it's still the, yeah, it's still the same for me because I think that the issue with some of the decision making is that okay. you're not thinking about the okay. kids when you're making these decisions. You're not uh, considering how to support the kids. Um, I know in some districts yes. they're giving teachers yes. all this overloaded work like really unnecessary in supporting the kids. Like you said, Mm -hmm. the testing is not supporting the kids. So like (laughs) just some of the procedures, like from in my district, the thing that I'm frustrated with is you brought my students back, my kids who need the most routine and you're planning on changing the routine two or three more times within this period. So now they have to readjust and readjust and readjust the kids who are the least likely to adjust and have the most difficulty adjusting. Exactly. So you're not thinking about the kids when you're making these decisions. So if you're not going to be prepared um, to make some sacrifices in the way that you do things and, and how you support your students because of the pandemic, because mm. of the pandemic. Yeah, I, I, I seen your I picture. To, I, wear was like, like, I was like, I thought now. she was an educator. <laughs> and he's like, you, I didn't know you was a medical yes, assistant. I wear scrubs you know? and a face mask. And, and, right, exactly. So if you're if you're not ready to take on some of these challenges of okay, being flexible to learn these new mm-hmm. um, these new online applications to reach kids, if you're not going to be willing to. Um, you know, make yourself available so that you have a parent who's ringing your phone trying to get some technical issues solved. (laughs) If you're not going to be open to those types of things of doing what you can do to make the kids first, it it doesn't matter pandemic or not. You're not going to be successful in education. You're going to hate your job and you're get what they need. It really is to be students. And I think that's why we have so many problems now is because we're not student centered. In our education system and, as a whole, and I'm glad you pointed out the adaptability. You have to be adapt. You have to be adaptable and willing to change. Literally at a moment's notice, you know, you could be doing something one quarter and they're going to change everything up the next quarter. So I I, I agree with that. What you you know, and I guess with the yeah. even before the pandemic, um, if you're not somebody that's prone to that kind of quick change during the pandemic, you're going to have problems. I, I agree. I agree. What would your advice be to administrators? My advice to administrators is to make sure you're listening to your teachers. Gotcha. Get the feedback from your teachers. And because right now we need to keep morale up. And if they yes. feel like they're not being listened to and not being supported, then you're only going to bring morale down. And we're trying to show up for these kids in these, these very different times. 
And we have to know that we have the backing of our administrators. If we say we need something, if we have an idea of how to do something better, um, I had to advocate for my students not to do track A, track B. I was like, my students have routine. If they can't come to school for a whole week and then not come to school the whole next week, that's not going to work for nah, my kids. Mm, nope. <laughs> nope. So I had to advocate that my kids come two days every single week. So they know, okay, I'm coming to school every week on these same two days. So because my administrator supported me and she was like, hey, I, I support it. As long as you get it clear by you know, the department chair, you're good. And so gotcha. they were like, do what you need to do for your kids. So that that was that made me feel good that I could do something to support my families and that I was heard when I said it. And we've gotcha. been rocking like that ever since. And it's been going very well. So little things like that make a, a huge difference in how we can move forward to make sure that everybody gets what they need during this time. And, and, and I'm glad you the, the word that that really stuck to, stuck out to me was advocate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to piggyback on to, you know, our future educators. If you advocate for your students, you're going to always win. Like, you know, you got to advocate uh, on top of education. You got to advocate because for our, for our babies, when they see people fight for them, it just means it just makes a world of a difference. So um, yeah. any last words before we go, before you give your social media contact, any last words? We in this together, y'all. Yes. We in this yes. together. Yes. So this is not the time to to hit against your teachers or against your child while you're at home teaching them or again even against the system. If we not all in this together, we are not gonna make it. So we gotta be in this together. And you all please, please, for the love of all things good, please vote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 And there's a lot of there's a lot of um, um, school district positions that are open this this election cycle. So so this is the time when you're right. This is the time to make your voice heard and next year as well. Um, not yeah. just here in our county, but around the country. There's a lot of people that shouldn't be on those school boards that need to go. So I, I agree 100 percent. That makes a huge difference. So um Brenda, thank you again. What where can where can our audience find you on social media? Definitely check me out at Teacher Talk Tuesdays with an S, all one word. Um, I like to say you'll find your laughs and lessons there. Yes. So definitely <laughs> check me out. And um, as a lot of my educator friends say, I say the things that they want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. You're right. Yep. You're right. You, yep. Well, we say, well, we say in the teacher's lounge, you say it on Instagram. That's, and that's probably, that's probably should be your byline. <laughs> so, um, once again, it was dope to have. We're gonna, I'm going to bring you back for some other stuff, for some stuff that's outside of education, cool, uh, cool. because there's a lot of things that we just, you know, we just agree on and we are, we are on the same boat on. Uh, yeah. But I want to thank you because the things you say, and I speak for other educators, um, what you say is very affirming. Um, and, and it's not like, and I don't want it to seem like it's us against them. You're, you're, you're definitely for the babies. You're definitely for the students. I know you love what you do. I can tell. Um, you also have a psychology hat, you know what I mean? So that like really helps out. Um, so um, if anybody needs any, you know, information, any, any, you know, any access to resources, please reach out to Brenda. But just understand that, you know, she's valuable 
And so you should compensate her. I'm not trying to be funny. You should compensate her for her time because whatever she gives you is going to take your your babies and your access to education to the next level. So that's what I want to say. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much. And peace, everybody. Peace. Brenda, that was so dope. Thank you. so That, that was so dope. I, I think this is the first episode I did where I, I ain't talk. So, like, <laughs> usually I'm interrupting my guests. I'm, like, jumping in. You know, and you just, this is the first time I was like, I took notes and everything. I was like, man, like, thank you so much. That was really dope. Um, I knew it was going to be dope, though. So it's not like, you know, so. Um, and then if you want to ever come back and talk about whatever, like a book or whatever, or TV show or movie, you know, let me know what's up. Um, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it at all. So, so. You know. It's always a dope platform, so I appreciate you for having me on. It's, oh, really good. it's a pleasure to have you, man. You, you know, you, you step the level of my game up tremendously when you come on board. Um, you just really do dope stuff, and um, and even outside as even outside of the, you know, I'm a parent as well, so it's kind of like yeah. as a parent, I learned a lot. You know what I mean? And um, and I'm and then a lot of, again, like I said, it's affirming. So there are things that you do and say that I'm kind of like. Ooh, I'm doing the right thing as a parent because I'm always second guessing yeah. myself as a parent. So it's like, ooh. So I think we're all second guessing ourselves during this time. Everybody, is. Yeah. so it's good to have somebody like, okay, all right, I'm not too far off. I'm I'm doing all right, you know. <laughs> two and D, two and D. Peace. Party people, thank you. And there you have it, episode 107 of Where My Killer Tape At. I want to thank y'all for listening, and I hope y'all enjoyed it and learned a lot, because I know I did. Um, so definitely follow Brenda um, on IG, on Instagram, at Teacher Talk Tuesdays, and that's with a plural with the S at the end of the Y. Um, and I'm going to have everything in the show notes, so please book her, because she's not only an educator, she's also a psychologist, so she definitely knows her stuff. Um, you can find all the information about me and my show at omisbench.com. Um, and that's O-M-I-S-Bench, B-E-N-C-H dot com. Um, it'll be in the show notes as well. Please buy my coffee mug, man. Support the show. It's in there. It's all in the show notes. Um, definitely love you all. If you want to hit me up uh, to book me for anything, uh, definitely do it at DantresOmi at omisnote.com. Um, and just put bookings in the uh, subject header. Um, and if you just want to talk to your mans, um, you could do it either two ways on the Twitters. You can either go to the, you know, um, Omi's podcast, which is the official Twitter of the podcast, OMIS podcast, or you can hit me up at Dantres Omi, D-A-N-T-R-E-S-O-M-I. The DMs are open. Thank you very much, y'all. I love y'all and peace. Perfect.